Hey, what's going on, football fans? It's Ethan Klesina of the Goal to Go podcast. Happy Week 7 Sunday. We are minutes away from kickoff of the morning games of the Week 7 slate, and I want to go through and give you all my quick thoughts on some of these games, so let's get started. First game of the Monday slate, Washington football team and Green Bay. Washington football team, their defense has not been playing well this season. We've talked about that before. Their secondary, which has already been underperforming, they took a hit, or they are taking a hit going into this game. William Jackson their best performing cornerback. He is out for the day. And Washington's corners as they face off against Aaron Rodgers include Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juiced, Corn Elder, Danny Johnson, and Troy Apke. Those last three players have combined for zero defensive snaps this season. That is not a good sign for this defense as they face off against the former MVP, Aaron Rodgers. I would expect Green Bay to roll in this one and win by a touchdown, if not more. Kansas City and Tennessee, speaking of beat-up secondaries, Tennessee, they're not doing so hot either. Their safety, Amani Hooker, he is out, as well as Chris Jackson, their corner, he is out as well. I know that the Chiefs have not looked as good as we have expected or used are used to seeing the Chiefs uh, playing, but they are still number one in team touchdown drive percentage, 40.4% of their drives they score a touchdown on. I still believe in this Chiefs team. The rumors of their demise are greatly exaggerated. I would expect Patrick Mahomes to take advantage of a beat-up Tennessee secondary. I know that they have Derrick Henry on the other side of the ball, but it is only a matter of time before the Chiefs show us who they really are and cut it loose. I'm taking KC to to win this game. Next, we have the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Miami to face off against the Dolphins. Dolphins coming off of a tough loss against the winless Jacksonville Jaguars last week. Looking on the bright side, Tua played really well. And I know it's against the Jaguars, but we are just looking for anything positive with Tua right now, especially with rumors circulating around Miami trading for Deshaun Watson. It's got to be good for Tua's internal development that to put together a good game. He did look good, and now he walks into another prime matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. I would like to see him put up another good showing in a game that feels like a must-win for the Dolphins. They really need to get off the schneid here at 1-5. and five. The Falcons also look like they are improving on the offensive side of the ball, and they also have a prime matchup against the Dolphins' defense. Miami is the only NFL team ranked in the bottom five in both scoring offense and scoring defense. The Falcons also get Calvin Ridley back after he missed last week's game, or I'm sorry, the week four game in London against the Jets. He needed a personal day, reports are, because due to his mental health, he wasn't in a good space, and the Falcons granted him that, and I think that's awesome. Mental health is becoming more of a factor um, as we go on, and I like that these NFL teams are showing, or at least the Falcons showed, that it is a priority for them as well. I think this is actually a good matchup between two teams that you know are not doing that well entering the season. I think it'll be a good offensive showcase. I'll still put my money on Atlanta because Miami just has too many rumors and question marks circulating them. I just don't trust that team right now. AFC East matchup, the Jets travel to New England to face the Patriots. The second time these teams have already faced in the matter of six, seven weeks, or six weeks actually, they faced off against each other in week two. 
the Jets, it's been 2,128 days since the Jets last beat the Patriots. That is quite a long drought against their New England or their AFC East foe. I don't expect that to improve. They are playing in New England against Bill Belichick, who knows how to cook up rookie quarterbacks, just like he did to Zach Wilson back in week two. Um, and yes, they are at home, which usually has been a positive note, but this season, New England is two, are 2 and 4 right now. They are currently 2 and 4. They're 2 and 0 away and 0 and 4 at home. So I guess that's the maybe a silver lining for the Jets to look at. I don't think it matters. I think Zach Wilson's going to benefit from the bye week, but I still don't think he's going to be able to compete against Bill Belichick in a tough New England defense. I think the Patriots roll in this one. Carolina Panthers and the New York Giants, both of these teams looking desperate in Week 7. The Giants, though, I think they've been playing pretty good on the defensive side of the ball. Their defensive line is eating up in the run game. I don't think that bodes well for Carolina, who earlier this week, Matt Rule had said they need to become more of a running team. Not a surprise with how Sam Darnold has been playing lately. I want to pick the Giants in this one, but they are just so beat up on the offensive side of the ball. Sterling Shepard looks to miss this game. Darius Tony is out, and Saquon Barkley is still out as well. I think Carolina wins merely because their defense keeps them in the game like they have been so far in this season. I don't expect Sam Darnold to do too much against a relatively stout Giants defense. All right, now let's go to the game of the morning. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. Bengals 4-2, Ravens 5-1. Great matchup between both of these teams that are playing their best football right now. The edge is probably going to go towards Baltimore. They are at home, and they just look more well-rounded on both sides of the ball. But that shouldn't take away from the things that Joe Burrow is doing right now. I mentioned early on in the season that his knee was still bothering him. That has not looked the case for like the last three weeks or so. In fact, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the red zone this season. According to PFF, he is the best quarterback when he's in the red zone. He has an 85.7% completion percentage, which is good for second in the NFL. And then when he is in the red zone, he has had zero turnover-worthy plays. When the Bengals are in the red zone, they're most likely coming out with a touchdown, and it's because of Joe Burrow. I think that bodes well for the Bengals. They are going up against a very tough Baltimore Ravens defense that has found its stride. In the last couple of weeks, they completely shut down the Chargers last week. They and it was so much so they was it shouldn't go understated how impressive it was. Justin Herbert's an MVP candidate and he could not do anything. He was missing throws. He looked like he was rattled. Great job by the Ravens playing their best defensive football right now. I'm hard-pressed to, to go against the Ravens here. I think it's a lot closer than it may look on paper, especially to the the casual football fan. This is not the same old Cincinnati Bengals. They are legit on both sides of the ball, too. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe their defense is top three in DVOA. That will be a little bit uh, of trouble for Lamar Jackson. But with the way that Baltimore has been playing, I, I can't go against them. I'm going to take the Ravens to win in this game, despite how much I'm liking the Bengals right now. Philadelphia Eagles travel to Vegas to face the Raiders, and speaking of Vegas, you thought there would be like some hometown bias, uh, but there is not. Vegas has the line at Raiders minus two. I think that's too low. 
The Raiders are clearly the best team, in my opinion, in this game. Derek Carr is the only quarterback in the NFL with four 300-plus yard passing games this season. And outside of Darius Slay in the Philadelphia secondary, they are very thin and haven't done a great job against opposing offenses in the air. I think Vegas has a great chance to win this by double-digit points. I like Jalen Hurts, but he is—he uh, really only makes things happen late in the game when the Eagles are behind in games. He's a better fantasy quarterback than he is a real life quarterback. Um, so I just does—I don't think that bodes well for Philadelphia's chances in this game, especially because Las Vegas, man, they are just—they are a really strong defense. Uh, their pass rush is the best one in the league. Max Crosby, we've talked about him a number of times. Uh, I think he's going to get after him and the rest of the Raiders front seven are going to get after Jalen Hurts. Uh, Hurts does have his left tackle, Lane Johnson, making his return. Lane Johnson was at one time an all-pro tackle. He took some time off uh, this season. I think this is his first game all season. He took some time for his mental health. It's a real big mental health day uh, this morning on the Gold Go podcast. But he is returning. That will bode well for Jalen Hurts, but I think it's going to be too much of a pass rush by Vegas. For Jalen Hurts, I think Vegas wins this by a touchdown, if not more. Detroit traveling to Los Angeles to face the Rams. A little bit of a returning of both quarterbacks to their former teams. Jared Goff returns to L.A., whereas Matt Stafford return or faces off against the team that drafted him in Detroit. Unfortunately for the Lions, that, that narrative is the only type of symmetry between these two teams. They couldn't be further apart. Los Angeles looks like a Super Bowl team uh, looking vying for that number one overall seed in the NFC, whereas the Lions, I mean, they're currently projected to be the number one overall pick, the only remaining winless team. Um, so it, it obviously this is this looks like a Rams rolling situation from the onset, uh, even though I, I do like what the Lions have been doing with Dan Campbell. I've mentioned a couple of times they're fighting. And it's obvious that they like Dan Campbell. They're well coached. They do some things right. There's just such a dearth of talent. They can't keep up with anybody because they're starting receivers. Who is it now? Quentin Cephas, Tyrell Williams are out. So Khalif Raymond, I think, is their starting receiver. I mentioned it uh, one of the previous episodes, but... Uh, they, they just can't keep up with a team like the Los Angeles Rams. Jared Goff's going to have a rude return to L.A., I think. Aaron Donald's going to be all up in his face. And it's not like the Rams are going to need Matthew Stafford late in the fourth quarter. I mean, they could. It is the NFL, and any given Sunday things can happen. But even if it is a game late in the fourth quarter, Matthew Stafford, he currently has the highest passer rating in the fourth quarter and overtime in the NFL with 141.8. So if it's a close game, Matt Stafford is the best in the business right now at getting his team the victory. I think the Rams win by like 10 or more points. Speaking of teams playing against their former franchises, let's go to the Houston Texans traveling to Arizona to face the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt both playing against their former team. Um, This is also the first game that Zach Ertz will play in after the Cardinals traded for him from the Eagles. And they'll also have their head coach back, Cliff Cliff Kingsbury, does return to the lineup today for the Arizona Cardinals. Similar to the last game we just discussed, this isn't exactly a close game. Arizona, the only undefeated team remaining in Houston 
after they started off good in week one with Terod Taylor at quarterback, kind of come back down to earth, don't really have any identity on offense. Their defense, which has been pretty decent with Lovey Smith, they're going to have their hands full with this offense of the Cardinals. There's just too many weapons right now for the Cardinals, uh, for the Texans to keep track of. Now they added Zach Ertz, uh, the Cardinals did, so just another piece for them to play with. I uh, think the Texans will be lucky to keep it within a touchdown. Look for the Cardinals to roll in this one um, and get their seventh consecutive victory. The Chicago Bears and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What is this, the third straight game that looks like a mismatch uh, on paper? Uh, with this one, I, I don't think I would count out the Bears just yet. Tampa Bay's really banged up in the secondary. We've talked about that. Their front seven's been, you know, it's been above average, but not nearly the top five unit it was last year. So Chicago might make might be able to make something happen here. Justin Fields has been playing better the last couple of weeks. He's got his weapons, uh, healthy at least. Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. Fields seems to have a good relationship with Darnell Mooney. I'd like to see him develop a little bit more with Allen Robinson. I think I mentioned that last week. And he'll have the opportunities. I mean, like I said, Tampa Bay is not the best in their secondary, so he'll have some chances to make something happen. They'll probably be throwing a lot because Tom Brady is, obviously we talked about him, they're just hitting on all cylinders right now on offense. He will be without Antonio Brown in this game. That's okay. They have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, and Rob Gronkowski won't be playing in this game either, but O.J. Howard stepped up and had a touchdown last week. So I still think Tom Brady will have enough weapons in order to put up points. Um, he was 35th in passer rating when pressured last year, and this year he is second. That is good for Tampa Bay. Chicago is a very stout defense. They like to bring the pressure, and unfortunately for them, Tom Brady is just really good when he's pressured and when he's not pressured. So I would still expect Tampa Bay to win this game, but I'm hoping to see a little bit of something out of the uh, out of the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. So we will see. Moving on to Sunday Night Football, we have the Indianapolis Colts traveling to San Francisco to face the 49ers who are coming off a bye. It appears going into this game that Trey Lance is still dealing with a knee sprain and Jimmy G has been practicing all week. So we will get Jimmy Garoppolo back in the captain's chair for the San Francisco 49ers. I think he'll have a tough task. The Indianapolis Colts have been playing much better on defense. Darius Leonard has kind of found his footing after a slow three weeks to start the season. He's now playing like his all-pro self. Between these two units, I think I like the Colts a bit more. They've been playing more sound the last couple of weeks, like I mentioned, and Jimmy G may need some time to get going. And they're really just one-dimensional right now, which is Debo Samuel getting involved. Brandon Ayuk has been getting more targets as the season goes on, but hasn't made a impact like he made last season. I imagine he'll get more and more involved and start making a bigger impact. Maybe this is the game to do so, but I think I would take the Colts' defense um, in this matchup. On the other side of the ball, same thing with the offense. The Colts offense has been playing better. I'm still not sold on Carson Wentz, but he finds a way to uh, score when his team needs him to. And then Jonathan Taylor has really been coming on as of late too. To benefit the, the 49ers, despite how they've looked this season at 2-4, and four, they are just 8th in yards allowed, uh, yards per play allowed rather. So defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans is still doing a good job despite all the injuries they're facing. Vegas seems to love San Francisco for some reason. They're favored by four in this game. Give me Indy all day. That they just been playing better, and I trust them more than I trust Jimmy G. Uh, if you guys have the option for the money line 
for the Colts, uh, that's what I would take. Finally, let's go to Monday Night Football between the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith will get his second straight start in this game, and it's not going to be an easy one. The New Orleans defense has been flying around ever since they got some key pieces back from injury. Marcus Williams and Marshawn Lattimore, their secondary has just been lights out thus far this season. So Geno Smith... Going to be a little bit of a tall task for him. He does have his weapons, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. We will see how they fare on the outside. On the other side of the ball, Jameis Winston goes up against a very susceptible to the pass defense in Seattle. He will have his opportunities. Uh, He doesn't have a key weapon in Deontay Harris, who caught a 75-yard touchdown last week, though he does have Marcus Callaway, who's been coming on as of late after a slow start to the season. The Saints are clearly the favorite to win in this game, and I expect them to. Alvin Kamara, I think, scores at least two touchdowns, and The Saints are going to roll to their fourth win of the season. Something to monitor in this game, though, as Seattle is, what are they sitting at right now? Two and four. If they were to lose this game, obviously they fall to two and five. That is something for the New York Jets to watch. The New York Jets have the Seattle Seahawks' first pick in the draft this upcoming offseason due to the... Uh, Jamal Adams trade. I was trying to think of his name. Uh, The safety for the Seahawks. Obviously, Seattle traded for him from New York, and it cost Seattle two first-round picks, one of which is coming this next draft. How ironic would it be that Geno Smith, who was initially drafted by the New York Jets, plays a role in the New York Jets getting another for or a top 10 first round pick in the upcoming draft. So something to monitor. The Seahawks have had a less than ideal start to the season and Geno Smith still has two games left to start. Okay, guys, that's what I have for you today for my quick thoughts on the week seven slate of games. I will be back early next week to recap all of these Sunday slated games as well as the Monday night football games. So make sure you turn on notifications and tune in. Until then, though, thank you all for watching. I really appreciate it. Stay safe, get vaccinated, and remember to show compassion and kindness to those around you. You never know what someone may be going through. I'm Ethan Klesine, signing off. Until next time.